welcome to the Chelsea FC podcast, fellow Chelsea fan and Corinthians collector, Michael Kennard. So what can you tell us about them? Towards the end of the of the kind of company's lifespan, they just started selling off what they called the master models. So they were like paint masters, which were just ones they'd made and they they you know it's like the first one, the one they used for marketing, so the one that looked really good. Um, or there were ones where they might have trialed it in a different kit that never got used. Um, and then there were like the actual sort of tool masters. So this is a tool master of Viali. So it was like one of the ones that was used as part of when they're actually sculpting the thing. Um, so it's not painted. It's just like, um, yeah, somebody sat and, and sculpted that. It's actually kind of bigger than the actual figures um, as well, which is interesting. Um, it was, I guess it was primarily like the head that they were they were looking for so that's like you know it's like a one-of-a-kind piece and it just came up on ebay um i don't even know when i got that maybe like 10 years or so ago um i got it relatively cheaply as well people put these masters up now and they go for like you know multiple hundreds of pounds there's one that went for like 400 quid the other day um i mean particularly the ones that are sort of rare are the ones of like figures that they never actually release so there's a really cool like jason lee figure where, like the little dreads on his head and stuff that just never went into production there's quite a few figures like that there was a there's a really good paul furlong like the likeness was fantastic and it never came out so ones like that of you know if they ever come up for sale they go like there's quite a few little collectors okay. i remember having this giant viali figure when i was a kid have you got that one wow they really bring back a lot of memories don't they that's it for me really like i mean this is like my office and my wife uses it as well like where all the figures are the there's a mirror door that slides in front of that. So she, she like songwrites behind me here. Um, so she can just hide them away. Um, but then when it's my office, I can open the door and basically get to like be a little kid. Sometimes she, she'll walk past the door over there and I'll have this seat that I'm on spun around and I'll just be staring at them. She's like, oh, you're, she'll just, I hear her laughing as she walk past. I go, oh, sorry, I'm just uh, in my little, I just basically like feel like I sort of just go back to being a kid again. And it's just like, oh, wow. Um, like proper nostalgia, I guess, basically. Like when life was less complicated and, you know, all that mattered was the football, basically. <laughs> so, Michael, what are some of your early memories of being a Chelsea supporter? I remember sort of following Chelsea from, from a young age. I had the, um, I had a VHS tape of the 89 to 90. So it was like Kevin Wilson, Kerry Dixon, uh, all those guys, and watching that and just sort of really getting into it. And then um, Euro 96 happened and I got like prop. That was when I think I really sort of fell in love with football. Like I was 10 and it Sorry. just got me and it was like, oh, my! Like, I, I cried when we lost. And I remember watching that game. My nan. <laughs> yeah, I've said it before. The 90s really was an incredible era for football. Euro 96, as you mentioned. And it was the first time that Premier League clubs got foreign superstars, wasn't it? I was chatting to a to a Middlesbrough fan just earlier today and he was saying the exact same thing because we I guess we, same with them we had like the same thing at the same time they had like Ravinelli um obviously that like from that Champions League winning side we got Viali and they got Ravinelli you know it was it was bigger than the Premier League I think um probably quality wise it was better as well like particularly technically but defensively they were solid as well um so I used to love watching that and then it was like yeah, obviously there's, you know, more happening in the Premier League with the money from Sky and stuff. And the, uh, yeah, it got really exciting. And, and yeah, it was, a, there was a number of teams, I guess, as well. Obviously, Newcastle got the likes of Ginola and they had like the entertainers at the beginning there. 
Of course, Chelsea were the first team in Premier League history to field the first foreign eleven. It's quite funny now looking back on it because back then it was actually frowned upon. Yeah, it wasn't like we didn't have any English players. Like Dennis Wise was a proper kind of uh, fixture in the squad, and you no, know, it was it was quite gradual. We had like I guess the first ones were like uh, Le Berth and Di Matteo, weren't they? And then and then uh, and uh, Hullet, of course, and then and then. Uh, Obviously, Zola came and Viali came, and it's a more it obviously increased. Um, but you know, it was it, it was a kind of leveling up in terms of bringing those those more particularly, as I say, technically gifted players here. Um, you know, it wasn't they, they weren't here. You, you know, there there weren't those we didn't have that quality here, sadly. So it had to be brought in from elsewhere, um, and it's only enhanced. I mean, we have you know what is undisputably the best league in the world now. Um, yeah. You know, and that's why. If we hadn't done that, it would have stayed as it was. So. What's one of your favourite personal memories from the nineties? Um, I remember, I remember um, my dad saying to me one day, oh, "I've met somebody at this work thing, and they they know, or they they know, or their daughter knows Dennis Wise, someone, some sort of tenuous connection." And he's like, "They they said you want a picture, or like a signed picture." I was like, "Yes, I do." Um, and they, he posted it to me, he sent me a little sign, just like the probably like the little Brilliant. club shop postcard things, but he'd, he'd signed it. Uh, that was really nice. I love his shirts in the background as well. I mean, the Rude Hullet shirt, brilliant. What a fantastic player he was for Chelsea in the 90s, the original foreign superstar for us. The, the kit I'm wearing now, this was the first kit I ever bought as a kid. Like, And uh, I had four, I actually have my own name, but I had number four on in, in homage to, to Rude. Um, but obviously he came and went and and you know wise he was he'd been there for ages and he was still there after that as well he was uh yeah he was the man and of course in his first season for chelsea he was nearly the player of the year he came second place in first it was eric Cantona. but ah oh, what a player he was for chelsea in that first season and he was right near the end of his career yeah he was fantastic it was interesting like obviously i was, I was less aware of it as a kid being only like nine or ten but it was interesting sort of hearing retrospectively that he came and had this idea that he was going to play sweeper, um, you know, and just sort of stay at the back and sort of dictate play and, you know, knock the ball about. And it was funny hearing that, hearing them like, talk about how he'd sort of, the ball would come and he'd, he'd rather than just like, you know, hoofing it away, he'd chest it oh, down and play it, play it <laughs> sideways to like, you know, Frank Sinclair or someone. And they'd be like, no, don't. Don't they, these guys don't want the ball there like that? You're <laughs> putting us under pressure. We're gonna have to move you up the park. Like, um, but it was great because then he moved into midfield. He was fantastic, like getting goals. And I can remember, um, I can remember reading an interview, and he was saying that um, that Gavin Peacock said to him, "How are you always free? How are you always free?" And he was like, "Well, it's just, you know, it's just reading of the game and having this sort of technical ability that that, that yeah, he just he was just on a bit of another level, even at the age that he was at then." Yeah. Um, yeah, just just fantastic to watch. I mean, it was just for me. It was just lucky that I happened to to be following that particular club, and he came there, and uh, yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, I always remember that pass from Rude Hullet where he he kicked it on the outside of his boot, and he passed it through. I can't remember the game, but what a fantastic pass that was. The him and him and um, Mark Hughes seemed to link up quite well. It was quite funny as well watching back, like. Um, I can remember when he like became manager and he, he quite quickly got rid of John Spencer and and I yeah. watched back like wh when he was you know still just a, a, there as a player and they were doing like an end of match interview together and it was quite it seemed to me quite clear that he, he seemed to not really like him from the beginning. <laughs> 
Yeah, he was top goal scorer in the first season I supported Chelsea Football Club, John Spencer. So it was very surprising uh, that Rude Hullet didn't really fancy him. It was the game he ended up with like a band. I think Julian Dix like stamped on on his head and he had like a bandage around him. He got man of the match. And in that, uh, Hullet saying, I think Mark Hughes should have got man of the match though. But yeah, I mean, what a strike force back then. We had Viali, Hughes, Gianfranco Zola, just unbelievable players, unbelievable times. It was, uh, it was wicked. I mean, I was really into um, playing the old championship manager as it was then. Ah, oh, championship manager. Yeah, me too. I absolutely loved it. I was addicted. <laughs> uh, Dave Black on, on Twitter is, is just CM9798 and he, he does like little challenges so you can all... You'll be like, right, now you've got to manage in the Italian league. You've got to pick the team bottom of the league and play out the end of the season. If you stay up, you get this many points. If you get this many goals, you get this many points. It's quite fun. So how many Corinthians figures do you actually own? Um, I mean, over a thousand for sure. But I don't know the exact amount. I sort of don't want to know. <laughs> thanks for joining us, Michael. It's been great to talk to you. Oh, thanks for having me. <laughs>